Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, and our next guest is Katie Detweiler. Now, when I recorded this, as you know, I am way in advance on the recordings. Katie was the president of the NC Triangle chapter of Elevate Network. Now, she's no longer serving in that role. It's a role that she had for many years, but she's on to the next phase of her career. However, it's really Katie's story that matters in this podcast. So and her story is pretty amazing. She has lived all over the world and she's used to being the proverbial new kid on the block. These experiences have formed in her that you must be open to new people and opportunities to have a rich career. And Katie really embraces that as you're about to find out in this podcast. And without further ado, let's get going. Episode 94 starts now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by a Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Bolitnikoff, and I'm with Katie Detweiler right now. And there is a lot that Katie does. Well, it's a hallmark of our guests on this podcast, right? They have a wide range of experiences and things that they bring to the table. Katie is no different, and I'm going to give you a brief of her bio. Of course, I'm not going to do it justice, which is why I'm going to get her in the conversation as early as I possibly can. But she's the president of the North Carolina Triangle Chapter of Elevate Network, and it's a global community for professional women She's literally been all over the world. Diversity is very important to her. And Katie, that's where I'm going to bring you into the conversation and have you talk about what your background is all about and what you would like the listeners to know. And Katie, welcome. And the floor is yours. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Jeff. It's great being here. So my background's pretty unique. As you saw, I um, was born in New Jersey and from there, my parents joined a, a nonprofit organization, uh, a faith-based organization that was centered around radio broadcasting. And so we left the United States when I was three and lived all over the world, in Swaziland, lived in France, lived in Holland, and had the joy of being able to get immersed in all of those cultures. I went to public school everywhere we moved and got involved with local kids and the culture there and, and just got to experience everything firsthand and get really immersed and participate in, in a lot of different ways. So that was a really a different upbringing, I think, than most. Moved to the States on my own to go to college and uh, went to school for elementary education and graduated with a degree and was trying to find work. And North Carolina, lo and behold, was hiring. So I packed out and moved out here and taught kindergarten for five years. <laughs> so did that here locally in, in Raleigh. And then when I was done teaching after about five years of doing that, I wanted to see kind of what else I could try my hand at. It was a kind of a turning point in my career there. They were making some changes at the county level. And I ended up stumbling into business development in the healthcare software space and have done a variety of different roles under that umbrella with multiple companies here in the triangle over the last 12 years or so. Well, there's one part of your bio that I thought was really interesting. And by the way, I should have said earlier that you were very into diversity and inclusion. And I just mentioned diversity. And then from other guests that I've interviewed, there are two different things. So I'm going to, even though a lot of people think they're the same, and I'll have you get into that in just a second. 
but I wanted to mention that to the listeners. But first, before we get into that, you have a line in your bio that I want you to expand on. It says, Katie leverages her passion for education as a means to equip people for change and to transform lives. So, Katie, when you said that in your bio, what do you want the listeners to know about that? Why is that important to you? As an educator, first and foremost, I think I always come back to that learning something new can fundamentally change your outlook on life. It can change your mindset. And that is the origin of where your actions stem from. And so when I'm ever up against a wall or some struggling with something, I tend to go back to education. And I'm very passionate about offering that kind of education on multiple topics to people who either are seeking it on their own or, as, as we've been working on with Elevate, trying to provide that to people who are underserved and may not even have that option. I think there's just so many ways where learning something new, understanding a new perspective, gaining some kind of insight that you didn't have before can be completely changing to everything that you do. And I'm very passionate about that. And I just mentioned diversity and inclusion, and I know both are very important to you. Maybe you could talk about why that is and your passion for that and what people should know about how important that is as we're in the business world in the 21st century now. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously growing up the way I did, I was usually coming into a situation where I was not the norm or I looked like the norm perhaps, but was not. So sort of this hidden immigrant where people assume because you look like them, you know all the rules and the the regulations and, and how to behave culturally and all of that, whereas you really don't. And so in both angles of that view, I was able to gain an understanding of coming in, listening first rather than judging and the ability to connect with other people. So There's, as you mentioned, a difference between diversity and inclusion. Diversity is having the mix of people that are different backgrounds, different experiences, different ethnicities, may have had a different life view, may have had trauma, may have had different life experiences. But then that inclusion piece is the piece where they feel understood, welcomed, accepted, and things are made, fair isn't the right word, it's they're made easily understandable. They're, they're made, you know, just it's everyone can participate. Everyone feels that they're heard. And it's just more of that that comes into the inclusion piece. It's, it's a very hard to define piece, but it's the more critical of the two because you can have as an organization a lot of diversity metrics, right? We like to tie a lot of numbers to diversity, but you can bring people in to meet those metrics, but if the inclusion piece is not there, they won't stay. They won't feel welcomed. They won't feel like they can actually bring their true selves to the environment that they're being brought into. So that's a huge piece of it. It doesn't really make much difference having the diversity numbers and those metrics met if people aren't actually contributing from that diverse perspective and background and feeling open enough to do that. Well, let's talk about the North Carolina Triangle chapter of Elevate Network and maybe an elevator pitch for me as to like if a listener is kind of curious about what your organization does and how they may benefit from it, what would you tell them? Yeah, Elevate Network actually started as the Women's Professional Development Group for Goldman Sachs. It was called 85 Broads because they met on 85 Broad Street. And these women got together to try to help each other. They were tired of the old boys network, especially in the finance industry, and were trying to elevate each other and share information and just provide a network and support to each other. 
Sally Krawcheck took it over and realized pretty quickly that wasn't just a financial industry problem. It was systemic throughout corporate and even with women entrepreneurs trying to get funding. And so she renamed the organization Elevate Network, and it's gone global now. We have over 50 chapters, just loads of involvement from women all around the globe. And there's an annual summit in New York City that's fantastic. And again, really that focus on diversity and inclusion to the fullest. Um, We've heard from women that are wheelchair ridden that have done races. We've heard from women that have had hearing impairments that have helped design technology. We've heard from trans women. So it's this very broad idea of diversity and inclusion, but the birth of it was women in the financial industry. So, and in Raleigh, what we do is we, we kind of go about that in multi-pronged approach. So Elevate Network typically offers networking events for women, but in addition to that, there's usually a fair amount of programming. So we've got some really solid partnerships here in the Triangle with some academic institutions like Keenan Flagler at UNC and some others where we provide program, you know, maybe on negotiation for women or other topics that women are interested in, financial planning, things like that. And we'll offer that kind of education alongside an opportunity to develop a network of women that can be supportive and help share experiences they've had, ways that they've overcome problems or struggles in their life. So that's our our primary goal here. And then a secondary to that is, is, in addition, I wouldn't even say secondary, it's more kind of alongside, is to make sure that as we're doing that, we're making sure to elevate all women in the triangle. So it's been a big passion of mine personally to try to partner with all of the other women's groups in the triangle that are doing a fantastic job, make sure that we're collaborating, and also to reach out to nonprofits in the triangle that are working on providing resources to those women that may be underserved, like I talked about earlier, that that may not have access to those kinds of things normally and trying to make sure that they're they're given that benefit as well. Katie, let's talk about your journey. You could have easily stayed as a teacher. You're obviously somebody that is open and able to communicate your ideas to other people. And I'm sure you would have had a successful career as a teacher. But it seems like what you're doing now is really your passion. It's your purpose. It's what you're supposed to be doing. And you have been led to this through a series of different experiences. And probably the the first experiences that you had was when the way you grew up and, and all the different cultures you were immersed in. So talk to me about your personal journey and what it means to you to be in the place that you are now. I think that's a really great point and you you take a you take a bit from every journey piece that you're on. I mean, I when I was a kid, most of us probably thought of your career journey or your your professional journey as this linear thing. It's all the kids around you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor and you sort of see this path unfold and there's actually very few people in real life that I've met that have that experience. But on the flip side, I wouldn't really trade it and I think most people benefit so much from having the diverse background and trying different things and watching their career pivot at different moments and experience and gain different skills. I joke around it a lot in corporate, but my five years of being a kindergarten teacher allows me to deal with a lot of different personality types in corporate America. It's, it's a lot of fun to bring out Miss Detweiler every now and then and <laughs> start lecturing and, and getting in people's faces about sending notes home to parents when there's situations that warrant it, but you sort of adapt and learn and, and pivot as you go through. And, and I think understanding that now has taken a lot of the pressure off because you don't feel like you have to have all the answers and you have to have this perfect path and, and follow it to the, the completion. My passions definitely lie in educating. I think that's why I started down that path to begin with. I think as I got into it, there was just something else missing. I felt like there was more that I 
wanted to get into, get involved with, and I wasn't sure what that was. Sort of stumbled into the software sales side of things. But as I was in the sales roles, I started discovering that I loved telling the story of the company that I was with, you know, especially when they had a really engaging mission and, and there was a passion behind that. So right now I'm actually working for a company that is part of the American Heart Association and they're working to get CPR training into different health systems and hospitals that's proven to save lives. And that's just really exciting to talk about those things. So that was a piece, you know, the education piece and now this telling the story part. And then I think the final piece of that, that's where I am now anyway, who knows where I'll be in, in a month. But Right now, that final piece was when I discovered Elevate. And a large part of that was, again, coming at it as an educator, I went in search of Elevate because I wanted to get additional development around how do I move ahead in corporate? How do I do the best I can where I'm at? I'm missing these pieces that I didn't have as a teacher because it's a very different environment there. And what I found instead was that the network of women that I ended up surrounding with myself with had much, much larger impact on me than the education really could have, which was shocking to me because I've already talked about how passionate I am about education. And But it really it's true, looking at a group of women and presenting an idea to them of something that I had sort of been pondering in my mind and then having all of them immediately whip out phones or recommend books or connect me to someone that they know. And, and you just have this sense of, oh, I could really do this or so-and-so did that. And, and so I could probably do that. And it was more life-changing than I thought it would be, and that was actually probably the bigger upside to being involved with a group like Elevate Network than I really anticipated. And so that's kind of the third piece of it, and making those relationships. I know that's one of the eight Athena principles is building relationship, and those meaningful ones, not, you know, quality, not quantity, can make a huge impact. And your next step in that career pivot and that career journey very easily comes from someone that you randomly met at a networking event and just hit it off with. And all of a sudden you're being presented with either a job that you never thought you would do or a volunteer opportunity for an organization that just completely fits what you're passionate about or, and you just never know. And so expanding that circle with relationships just a little bit at a time and opening your life to some new people can affect those career transitions. And it's really exciting. All right, let's pivot to our resource question, and this is where we ask you to share with our listeners resources you think may enhance their lives or their career. And, of course, we're going to have a link to Elevate as well, especially your chapter of Elevate. But what are some other resources that you might tell our listeners to plug into? Yeah, absolutely. I would say wherever you are, there's a lot of Elevate chapters, and it's a great family to connect into because you can have memberships in as many states and cities as you want. So if you're traveling back and forth between two locations for work, you can be a member at both. So that's obviously a great resource, and there's a ton of materials online for that. But really, any women's group. I mean, we're very blessed here in the Triangle to have just dozens of fantastic women's groups for any kind of thing you could want, if it's just the pure networking piece, if it's career transition, if it's your specific field, like women in bio or women in tech. So getting plugged in, like I said, that network and expanding your personal board of directors, if you want to call it that, is is huge in terms of growing and, and feeling supported. But there's also a couple books I've read over the last couple of years that have had a big impact on me. When you talk about diversity, one of the things that people often omit is introversion and extroversion. And there's a book called Quiet by Susan Kane that's just fantastic. She has a TED Talk as well, so if you just want to get a taste of what that's about, you can look that up. But 
that book was really interesting. It talks about the power of being an introvert in an extroverted world and, and ways that businesses can benefit from involving introverted people in decision-making and how we bring different strengths to the table as introverts. And it was just really insightful in different aspects of, of that, of, you know, life and, and community and, and the history of how we've become sort of focused on extroversion in the States specifically. Another one that I really enjoy is called Blind Spot. And that one is by, I might murder this, but Mazarin Banaji and Anthony Greenwald. And these two did some pretty pioneering research on, you know, the, the subtext of the book is actually called Hidden Biases of Good People. And so I think there's a lot of stigma around people admitting that they might have biases. Whereas the book goes into that those things are often not our fault per se. It's, it's, it's really a genetic thing in a lot of ways to make snap decisions. And we live in our unconscious brain a lot of the time. And the idea behind the book is to recognize what those unconscious dishes and decisions are leading us to and to take control of those. And you can actually influence your subconscious brain a lot more than you think you can. And a couple more, I won't go on too long, but The Confidence Code was a really good one. Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman talks about if you're not feeling confident as a woman, you're not alone. And they did multiple studies across all different industries, sports, corporate, children, and just universally women struggle with confidence. And the good news there is you can actually build new neuron pathways in your brain if you're dedicated and want to make some changes in, in behaviors and activities and challenge yourself a little bit more and build that confidence piece. And another one I found really helpful is called Her Place at the Table, Cold Williams and Fullinger. And they do a lot of research around women at the top. And I know that that's something that isn't where we'd like it to be right now. And there are some things and some pitfalls and some typical just concerns to look out for as you finally get into those roles and start moving up in corporate. And it's a really great read or anyone who is aspiring to that level to do that now so that when the opportunity presents itself, you can be aware that these things tend to happen. And an example would be that often women are asked to come in in a leadership role to clean something up. And once it's fixed and running well, then it's handed off to someone who's a man and, and she's not necessarily always given the credit for that. And so they teach you how to navigate those pitfalls and, and identify those and, and to negotiate for yourself, get the resources you need. If that's still what you want to do, get the, the title you need if that's still what you want to do, all those kinds of things. So hope that wasn't too much. <laughs> no, no, it was great. And then we have about a minute and a half left here or so. So the floor, I'm going to give back to you. The mic is yours. And for you to carry out the podcast in any way that you want. So how would you like to address our audience right now, Katie? I would say that, as I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest shifts in my life was surprisingly not what I could teach myself, surrounding myself with people who were pursuing a lot of the same things, maybe in different ways or different things in the same ways, but that were people I could look up to that would be encouraging and could show me how to implement something or, you know, be an example. And I think that that's really, I think women tend to look at networking as a dirty word often, but again, it's not quantity, it's quality. You don't have to walk into a networking event feeling like you need to say hi to every single person in the room. Pick a couple people 
you know, make a point of making an actual connection there and you'd just be amazed at how much your world will expand incrementally just from a couple of connections that are meaningful. Well, Katie Detweiler, president of the North Carolina Triangle Chapter of Elevate Network. And of course, that's a global community for professional women. And Katie, it was, uh, you can't believe how fast this went, but uh, a lot of great information. And thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you being on the podcast this week. Thank you, too. It was really awesome to be on here and enjoyed talking to you. And me as well. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Colleen Mook is a successful entrepreneur that has been featured on Good Morning America and The Today Show and has a message. Find things you are grateful for and ask for what you want. A combination of gratitude and boldness is key. And here's a little bit from Colleen. I have learned... And again, I learned it from my daughter. I learned to be real, to be vulnerable, to put it out there, and made the intentional decision, she's 14 now, 14 years ago, that I was going to look on the bright side of things. I was going to find the gift in everything. You can have, I think you've probably heard post, what is it called, post-traumatic growth or, you know, regression or something, but I decided that I was just going to grow from all of these things and just look for the positive in everything. That's one of my mottos, definitely. When you share the show on social media, and we hope you do, use the MyAthena hashtag, lowercase my, and then Athena is all uppercase. Hashtag MyAthena. Let's share this with the world.